Welcome to Rails, Ales, and Old Towns. Well, I promised you that we'd wander off the beaten path every once in a while. So today we're straying a bit from the typical European trip itinerary to head to Graz, Austria. I visited Graz last November for the very first time and quickly fell in love with the city. And I'm joined today by the great tour guide who showed me around town, Sigrid Alber. From local wine and fried chicken to a glockenspiel and places to watch the sunset, we talk all things Graz. Be sure to check out the episode description because I put a link in there that will give you some more information about a few of the places we talk about, including that cozy traditional restaurant and that super cool island in the river. And if you'd like the occasional hit of Europe travel inspiration in between episodes, feel free to give me a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Rails Ales Old Towns. All right, let's go to Graz. Let's welcome into the podcast uh, Sigrid Alber, an Austrian tour guide with over 30 years of experience showing travelers around Graz and the surrounding region. She specializes in architecture, design, female history, music, and food and wine. Welcome, yeah. Sigrid. Welcome. Yeah. Nice that I can be, can be here. I <laughs> uh, really appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk with us about Graz. Yeah. So I guess the first thing I'd want to ask you, um, for people who might not be that familiar with Graz, just to give us an overview of where it is in Austria. Yeah, Graz is located southeast of the Alps. Uh, it's south of Vienna. It takes you about two and a half hours um, by train to reach Vienna or from Vienna to Graz. Um, Within two hours, uh, we are at the border to Hungary. And within three hours, um, by car, we can reach the Mediterranean. It's Piran in Slovenia. Half an hour um, more and you are in Italy in Grado. So you have a lot of southern atmosphere here, a lot of southern climate. And Graz is surrounded and blocked off from the bad weather to the north by hills on three sides. So is that what they would say, the sunny side of the Alps? Yes, I would say so. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's my favorite town. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned the Mediterranean, and I wanted to ask yeah. you, if you're down at the Mediterranean, you're at the beach, and you run into some other people from Austria, yes. what are the th and you tell them that you're from Graz, what are the first things they're going to think of about people from Graz and the city? Like, what is your... What is Graz known for around Austria? Ah, uh, Graz is known for a second largest city of Austria. Uh, we have uh, an old town center, which is World Heritage Site. Meanwhile, we have a second spot that is World Heritage Site, which is uh, the, uh, Schloss Eckenberg, the palace of a noble family, to the Western outskirts. And, and the thing about Graz is that you have uh, this fantastic combination of old and new, old architecture, contemporary architecture. Uh, you have uh, people being pensioners, but we have 60,000 students in Graz. We've got four, four universities. Uh, we are a city of design. Uh, we are a city of culture. We have an opera house. We have a theater and a lot of people from the surrounding areas in Austria, they also come down to listen um, to 
to operas or to watch plays at the theater. We are a place for jazz music. Uh, we are, yeah, a place where, where you have two electronic music festivals. So you also have something for the youngsters. And we are culinary capital of Austria. That is, we offer culinary walks. So is there any reputation that people from Graz have? Oh, we are easygoing. You see, you feel the southern climate and um, it's good to talk to us. Um, and I think the main thing about Graz is if you go to a restaurant, you are uh, among locals, yeah, mostly. Um, we haven't got restaurants which are only frequented by uh, tourists like it is in other cities in Austria or even Europe, yeah. So it's that good combination of local, tourist, old, yes. new. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's definitely something I wanted to mention that um, you, you know, when we arrived at the train station, um, and hopefully maybe we'll talk on that later about the train ride from Vienna, because it really is an attraction in itself. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we were walking from the train station, we were coming down the main road and, you know, the streets around the, the train station are just, you know, nothing special, of course. I hope you won't be offended at that. But then as you're coming through the streets and then you, you turn this corner and there was this bright yellow uh, church getting closer to the river. And then from there on, as it unfolded, you you would see something like that. And then you would see the Kunsthaus with this, you know, bizarre, interesting, cool architecture. Then you would look up at the hill and you'd see the castle. And then you'd look to your left and you'd see this island in the river. So that you really did get that, you know, mix of old and new that really struck you. A few of the major sites that you would say you have to see when you come to Graz, that you couldn't um, leave without at least seeing them. Yeah, when whenever you or I go to a new city or come to a new city, I try to reach the, uh, the highest spot. And uh, we have the advantage in Graz that we have got the Schlossberg. And that this really is the best thing to start with. Uh, you even have lifting advices. <laughs> that is, you can use the uh, cable car or you can use um, uh, the, the elevator inside the hill. And from up there, you have a spectacular view of the city. And you can figure out where the old town center is, how the city started to grow and in, got enlarged in very many cities that unless you reach a certain area, you hardly guess how beautiful the city is. And this is um, uh, important in Graz too. Uh, you have to go uh, to uh, one of the inner courtyards because we are famous for inner courtyards. So the most beautiful one, according to me, is the Landhaus, which is um, um, an administration and government building where you have the parliament of Styria, of this um, um, yeah, country of Austria uh, situated. Then you have to go uh, onto the island because there is a cafe which offers very good uh, uh, cakes and drinks. And then you have to go to the Kunsthaus. But another must is please go to one of the farmer's markets because um, talking of um, yeah, regional food or regionality, which is very important nowadays, 
you have to go uh, to such a market, which is a farmer's market. Uh, farmers from the surrounding area of Graz, they sell their homemade products. And you can figure out uh, what we use for our kitchen. And uh, we love to invite friends. And uh, the best thing about the markets is that you don't only go shopping, but you have to sit down, uh, just uh, watch people and the ongoings and have a drink because we have wonderful wines or beers. And you can also eat a snack or even lunch or dinner there. I'd like to I'd like to circle back um, because we just briefly mentioned it, but this island in the river um, to people who are listening, this isn't just this isn't a rocky island. This isn't a natural island. This is a architectural wonder that like you've probably never seen anything like it before. It's this round circular island in the river. You you <laughs> if you could tell people about this island and, and what it's like, because it's it's something else. 2003, uh, Graz was cultural capital of Europe, and we had about 100 or even more projects. Um, and the main project was placing an artificial island on the River Moor. And so um, Vito Acconci, a New York artist and architect, she, he had the idea of placing um, a shell-formed uh, island on the river which is fixed to one anchor to the north and stabilized by two bridgeways or whatever. And so it rises up and down with the river floods, uh, can rise up to five and a half meters and then come down again. And it offers you, as I've told you, a cafe, but uh, rather new uh, is a shop for modern design on it because we are famous for modern design. And uh, in summer, you have open air cinema. And all year long, you have at least once a week, you have an, um, a jazz concert or, or another concert on the island. And it's real futuristic. You know, it's it's just cool. Yeah, and this Kun, the Kunsthaus, um, this is an art gallery as well, is like a jelly bean with, um, what would you say on it, like little... <laughs> Yeah, see the two British architects, they called it the blue bubble or the friendly alien. Yeah. It's something like an oof, some an UFO that has landed in Graz in 2003. Straight building uh, with corners and precast iron elements forming the iron house. And then this very, as you said, futuristic bubble um, with um, a, a media wall uh, towards uh, oh. the inner city, towards the other side of the river, because at night um, you have 900, more than 900 lamps that form some kind of, uh, what is it, moving picture or letters on the, um, on the facade of, of, this, uh, 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 of this blue bubble. You know, what really struck me was there was a bit of this um, culture, kind of a quirky, offbeat in some of the art you would see around uh like i'm still thinking i'm still feeling sorry for this uh the snowman sculpture you showed me yeah uh we have a lot of art in uh public uh area uh which is um an institution that supports placing contemporary art objects 
in, in public areas. And so we have this uh, fantastic uh, sculpture uh, of 1992, uh, which is, we call uh, Lichtschwert, light sword. It's, it's more or less the inner construction of uh, the Statue of Liberty in, uh, uh, in New York. It's opposite um, our opera house, which is an old opera house of 1899. So again, old and new. And then we have this art sculpture of the snowman, which gives you um, contemplation about time and reality. Um, and it has been there since 2004. And uh, after our landmark, uh, the Urturm clock tower, it's uh, the second most photographed um, object in Graz. It's quite interesting. And every year in autumn around October time, um, end of September, um, you have um, um, an art festival for modern art. But it's not only uh, painting and sculptures, but it's also discussions, it's music, it's a theater. I think we need to talk more about the Schlossberg because this really is the, you know, star of the skyline here. Anywhere you are, you can look up and see this impressive hill with a clock tower on it. And as a non-European, I think, you know, it just, it just looks you're really, you know, European, you know, when you're standing on the top, which we made our way up via the elevator, when you see that clock tower and you're looking out in the city, it's just, it's just, a, it was just wonderful. So you just tell us a little bit about that hill and the Schlossberg and how it, Obviously, it's a natural feature of landscape, but then how it's been used over the years. Yeah, it's a dolomite rock. And uh, since the 11th century, it has covered um, a fortress. At first, a medieval castle and then a huge fortress. And so it's now a park. It's a recreation area. Uh, you have possibilities uh, to eat, to drink. Uh, so you have restaurants up there. You have an outdoor stage up there. Uh, which used to be the, uh, the cellar walls of uh, the former house of the commander of the Schlossberg uh, fortress. And um, you have a rather new uh, Schlossberg museum. Only a for a couple of years uh, it has been there. And it's really a must to go inside because it gives you an idea how the, uh, the Schlossberg uh, got used, how it changed and um, in which way it's, it's used nowadays. And then we have an, another thing up there, which is completely brand new. We have a 4D cinema. You can sit in a chair, which is moving around, and you can follow the uh, flight route of a fly uh, across the city. And uh, when the fly uh, dives underneath one of the uh, bridges, you get water into your face. Yeah, so really? it's really funny. And then afterwards, you can, if you dare to, you can use the slide and then slide down for more than 170 meters uh, to, the, uh, to the ground. Take me to a summer night. It's eight o'clock. The sun's going down. I'm assuming you can see the sunset from the Schlossberg. Yes. So you have to go up there. Then you have to take a seat. <laughs> Sorry. 
Is it going to be hard to find a seat? Is there going to be that many people there on a summer night? So then uh, if you don't uh, find a seat in the restaurant up there, which is really very nice with a, just behind uh, the clock tower, you can sit on the, on the wall, um, have your drink with yourself, yeah, <laughs> brought up there. And then you uh, look westwards and see the sunset. And I uh, can listen to the city, how it's changing, the sounds are changing. And then you walk down or um, either the stairs, which are 260 steps, really nice to walk up or down. Uh, it's easier to go down. And then, or you can use uh, the, the street on the, on the other side and following the street, you die, dive into the uh, lanes of Graz, um, into the inner city, and you have to look for the Bermuda Triangle. And you have to sit down in one of the beautiful outdoor uh, um, gardens uh, or gardens uh, of the restaurants and have a drink, have something to eat. And um, when the candles are lit, it's very romantic, I tell you. <laughs> Why is it called the Bermuda Triangle? Because people get lost there going um, out at night? Yeah, actually, yeah, that's that's true. There, there, are, There is an area where you have three squares and surrounding lanes and more than 20 bars, pubs and restaurants. And so if you don't say uh, to your friend you want to meet there and there, may be possible that you never meet because ah. there are yeah that's you you get lost in a bermuda bermuda triangle you get lost <laughs> and there is also a glockenspiel down there yeah in this area which is also very interesting to see it's only run three times a day and uh it's all three songs and it was run for the first time in 1905 just think of that I was going to mention the glockenspiel because I'll admit I was naive. I've always heard of the glockenspiel in Munich. I didn't know that there was another one, other ones out there. And the one in Graz, when I saw it, it was just as impressive. And uh, it was really, really fun to see it go off. We, we happened to walk up right at the exact moment. It, it went You're up. very lucky, very lucky, because sometimes I see people stand there around the food, uh, full hour but it's only running at 11 in the morning and uh, 3 and 6 p.m. And then what's the spectacular and funny thing about it is um, the doors open uh, and out comes a couple dressed in Styrian traditional costume and they are dancing uh, to the sounds of the bells. And there are 24 bells in a small tower and they weigh 1,000 kilo. Just think of it this and for people that maybe i skipped over this but a glockenspiel it's like a clock tower it's got a clock on it and then you know funny little characters come out and do a dance and everybody has a good time yeah 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 that is but we have a second glockenspiel did you listen to it it's on the opposite side of the river uh if you follow the street behind the Kunsthaus, you reach a church and it's four o'clock in the afternoon. There is another glockenspiel, but it's a modern one, only about fifteen years old. Yeah. So you could do that glockenspiel. You could walk up the to the Schlossberg. Yeah. yeah. Come down and hit the other glockenspiel. Yeah. yeah. So we're up on the we're up on the Schlossberg. We're watching the sunset. What type of um, 
food and drink should we bring with us for our picnic or seek out at the restaurants on the Schlossberg? It's, so as a, for a drink, you sh should try a Schilche Frizzante. Yeah, because we, we are in the wine area here in Graz or to the northern end of the wine area. And um, we have one special wine that you can only get here, which is, which is the so-called Chilche. It's made out of a red grape, and because of a special procedure, uh, the, uh, the color of the skin doesn't affect the wine. So it has the color of onion skin or uh, raspberries. And uh, then you should uh, taste um, a salad with pumpkin seed oil. Uh, as I say it in German, Vogelsalat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's very hard to spell, but perhaps you can uh, remember it. And uh, I love it with pumpkin seed oil and with um, uh, with a, a apples, um, apple vinegar, and uh, boiled hard boiled eggs on it oh, it's it's fantastic and you don't need anything else yeah but we are also famous for poultry for steering chicken um and of course you can get um wiener schnitzel also in graz but uh you should uh you should ask for a fried chicken but we always have to order it it uh, it in advance because uh, they uh, uh, they cook it just for you, yeah. They make it just for you at the restaurant. What is unique about the way they prepare the chicken in Styria? Uh, you have this uh, special uh, crispy bread crumb, uh, fried bread crumbs on it. Uh, it's fantastic, and it uh, it has to be not dry, but juicy, yeah. And 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 so it has to be prepared to the point, yeah, I would say, or fried to the point. And, and there is special uh, species of, of chicken that were bred in, uh, in Styria to the southern area. And they were that famous that uh, in the 19th century and even 18th century, um, a lot of um, people who could afford it imported them in other countries, like Napoleon, for example. One thing I wanted to talk about too was how there were some moments where you were walking through the courtyards of Graz and little hidden alleyways and you would look around and you would think you could possibly be in Italy. Yes. Like the mausoleum specifically. If you were standing in front of the mausoleum and you put that on Instagram and you said, where am I? I bet you nine out of 10 people would guess Italy. And why yeah, is that? That's so true. Uh, you see, Graz needed new town walls uh, in the 16th century. And the best military architects of those days were the Italians. We called them Welsh, the Welsh people. And uh, they had developed this uh, bastion system uh, building um, procedure. And so they traveled from the Coma Lake as far as St. Petersburg and covered all the uh, works um, for for fortresses or cities. Uh, and they stayed here in Graz for about 150 years. And they always brought uh, new ideas of style. The mausoleum is the end of Renaissance. 
and already the beginning of uh, Baroque, you have both styles in there. So it's so interesting. And you have a lot of places of squares, of inner courtyards that are very, very Italian. That was really special to see yes. something that looked like you're in Italy and then walk mm -hmm. around the corner and go to a traditional restaurant like Gasthaus Stanzerbauer. Stanzerbauer, yes, that's very nice. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's really a good place to go to. And they have a fabulous wine cellar as well. So perhaps um, you try to be nice to the waiter and ask him, could you um, just show me in the wine cellar? May I have a look at it? Uh, and then in summertime, they're always outside in the inner courtyard. In the and in winter time, they're inside. Yes, it's we were there in winter, and yes, it had that true uh, feeling of coziness and you know warmth that only like a traditional family-run you know restaurant has that feel. And that yeah. was a that was a really great place. I'm, I definitely recommend that to anyone. And there is another thing in Graz. You have the surrounding hills, and there you can go hiking. And there are always nice places uh, to, uh, to stop and eat something. And you can use public transport uh, to reach uh, these uh, hiking trails. It's, it's really nice. That's something I should have mentioned as well, talking about the Schlossberg that you're not just looking at the town, there are mountains. And it's always, always nice for the romantic vibes to see mountains. Now, what about weightlifting? Because isn't there oh, somebody, yeah. isn't there somebody from Graz who people might've heard of before, who used yes, to lift okay. weights, but then got into government and acting? Yes, yes, <laughs> you're so right. That's Arnold Schwarzenegger. And there is some, once a, a, a new thing also perhaps for you, because um, a little bit outside of Graz, not far away, still being part of Graz, but just over the hill is Tal. Yeah, it's a place where he got born. Uh, and um, his first house where he was born and lived uh, is now at Arnold Schwarzenegger Museum. And there is a very nice lake there and a pond and, and uh, a new restaurant got built up there. And there is a bus line taking you out there. And it's uh, quite interesting because he, you know, he was very diligent. He came of, uh, uh, from a poor family and he, he started to practice very eagerly. And he made it possible that um, weightlifting, uh, no, I have to say, uh, I have to correct you, bodybuilding uh, got uh, very important, uh, but because at first, um, when he started, uh, it was just shown in back rooms of restaurants or whatever, hmm. and he brought it onto the big stages. What's the gap between the train and the platform? Yeah, we talked a good amount about Graz, but Let's talk about Europe. I'm going to ask you if you could go anywhere in Europe. You could go three places. You could design your dream trip. Money's no object. Where would you like to go in Europe if so, I set you off on a trip? One of my dream cities is Venice. Venice. And I would suggest you Venice in November. <laughs> because then there are not that many tourists. 
And then you have this special atmosphere, which is, um, yeah, it's, it's like a dream. And then you go to uh, those beautiful churches and you go to the museums and you see all these pieces of art and you get a shiver when you read the names of these fantastic painters or sculptures. And then you sit um, um, uh, somewhere at the quay and, and, and have a drink and, and have the sunset or you sit in a vaporetto and go around it or go to Murano or Burano, it's, it's fantastic. So it's one of my favorite cities. Um, but I also love the North. Yeah, it's also interesting. Um, so um, for me, Belgium is a fantastic place. Belgium uh, with all these old cities like Ghent, Brüche, uh, Leuven, or Maastricht, but you also have to um, see the combination with the other countries. And uh, that is, for me, such an advantage uh, to travel there, go to different countries where you only have different countries, but originally it was one region or it belonged together. And meanwhile, you don't need different currencies, but you have the same euro everywhere, which is really Great. Um, I love Denmark. It's also a, a, a terrific place to go to. What, what I love in Denmark is that um, you see this design, this Scandinavian design, uh, this, uh, these, uh, those many uh, bikes. Uh, if you go to Copenhagen, uh, you have these fancy buildings there of contemporary architecture. Um, and uh, I'm also into uh, into music and culture. Yeah, I forgot to mention it here in Graz. It's also worth a visit the theater and the the opera house. But I also love other places. Berlin, oh Berlin, you could spend yeah weeks there. I have been there very very often, and I keep discovering new uh, places. And it's always a must to go to the Philharmonia, uh, Philharmonic um, Theater there. It's, it's, it's a must. No, we can only do three. This oh, is three we can places. only do three. Oh, oh. So, so Venice. Okay, Venice. Okay. Berlin. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's say Copenhagen. So and you're going to, you're going to, you're oh. going to leave off the Belgians. Um. Yeah, because you said one place. No, let's say Belgium. Let's say Belgium. Okay, yeah, so hopefully, Belgium. hopefully, no one in Copenhagen will hear this and, and get upset. <laughs> no, because um, uh, you can't just uh, go from one place to the next. Yeah, also Copenhagen is great, but Berlin, uh, Belgium, and Venice. I have to agree with you on Venice. Um, the first time I was ever there, I, I didn't even see it when it was light out. I It was in November. Yeah. Um, I had traveled all day from Switzerland and I arrived in Venice probably about 6 p.m. I had one night just to wander around, empty, the, you know, the whole thing, and then left the next morning very early on a train to head to Munich. My wife and I, 
Julia and I came back on an August weekend. It was a three-day weekend. Exactly. And so I have to totally agree that November is is a month. I know they have trouble with flooding sometimes in, in November. But Venice, I'm still, I totally agree with you on that. That is, it's, it's, oh, it's really touristy and it's very busy, but it's always easy to, if you just go down one side street, you can lose the crowds. Yes, and, and you always have to keep uh, to areas which are a little bit off the touristic tracks and there are enough of them. Yeah, and then you are among locals. And and um, I would never travel to Italy by car, uh, to, to Venice by car, never ever. Uh, and um, yeah, it's it's so good to to arrive there and then you take a Vaporetto or you take your uh, your luggage and go to your place. Uh, within 10 minutes, you're in the next hotel or whatever, yeah? And we, should, and we should probably note that Venice is somewhere that is a good place to probably combine with Graz. Yes, yeah. You you can just start with Venice and then go to Graz. What cities would you say make good combinations with Graz? We've mentioned Venice. Yeah. Uh, another city would be Ljubljana which is uh, not far away. It's about two hours uh, drive. Uh, it's, it's really a, a great place. Um, and it also has connections with Graz um, architectural wise, uh, because um, the main architect who made Ljubljana in this, into this charming place of nowadays, uh, he studied in Graz. And you see, you also have a hill with a fortress on top. Uh, down there, and there is also a river, uh, but there is more uh, Art Nouveau in Ljubljana than in Graz. And another place which you could combine with Graz uh, perfectly would be Trieste. If you want to see old Austria, go to Trieste. If you want to hear more about Habsburgs, go to um, Miramare Palace. Um, and you have this, um, yeah, you have the, the, uh, the, the sea and you have these fantastic um, restaurants and the beautiful squares. Piazza dell'Unità is there in Trieste. And you really have buildings that look um, as if they were in Vienna. Yeah, it, it was the, the same time it prospered, Trieste. And this is all reachable by train as well. Yes, yes. Because, you know, the podcast is Rails, Ales, and Old Towns. We, yeah, you know, we yeah. really want to yeah, uh, yeah. tell everyone to take the train and yeah. how fun it is. If people are going to go from Vienna to Graz, about the train journey that you take. By the way, this uh, railway line is fantastic because it's the oldest mountain railway line in the world. And it's um, it was built in the mid-19th century. And... Um, there is a place called Semmering, um, which used to be one um, resort for all rich and famous people of Vienna and all the other main cities. And there used to be huge hotels. And um, in the course of the years, and it's still carrying on, they get an uplifting. So they already started to renovate the first one 
and uh, they are going to the next. And a Graz-bound uh, hotel owner, he bought one of these old hotels and he wants to transform it into a new place, but with the old atmosphere. And what they have also on, at the Semmering is uh, that they offer um, culture, they have uh, performance of theater, of plays and so on. I was really glad when we stopped at Semmering on the train from Vienna because I really like to sit in the dining car and have a coffee. Um, yeah. And the dining car was packed. But then when we got to Semmering, everybody got off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's really beautiful. A beautiful place. All right. Yeah. Sigrid, thanks so much for uh, coming on and talking to me about Graz. And I'm really looking forward to getting back there. Um, maybe summertime this time and sit on top of the Schlossberg. And this time you call me and we have a drink up there. <laughs> that sounds the wonderful. Set. <laughs> all right. Thanks again and uh, all the best. All the best to you as well. Thank you.